Dashboard Effect Podcast. I'm Brick Thompson. And I'm Caleb Oaks. Hey, Caleb. Hey. hey, before we get started, I wanted to remind our listeners that they can go to our website at bluemargin.com. There's a lot of free information along the same lines as we've been talking about in our podcasts. So if you're interested in this topic, uh, take a look there. Yeah. Yeah. We've put in a lot of work over the past few months and putting out some cool content. So I hope that it's helpful to people just like hopefully this podcast is. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. All right. So the topic today is uh, what we're calling BI paralysis, things that can keep companies from actually getting rolling with their BI, even once they've started an initiative. Yeah, it can always it can always bite you. Sometimes when you least expect it, sometimes when you don't. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot of causes for it. And hopefully what we can do and through this discussion is going to give you some ways to to get over it um, and get some reporting out and make better decisions. Yeah, good. I think, uh, you know, one of the main causes that I see a lot is that there are stakeholder groups in a BI project that can't come, can't get in sync on business rules and business logic around KPIs and measures, mm -hmm. that type of thing. Um, and that they just spend too much time trying to get it perfect before they actually start putting stuff on paper, getting reports, not on paper, but on the screen, getting mm -hmm. reports that they can look at. And we've certainly had that ourselves here at Blue Margin. And I can think specifically of a time that um, we were switching from um, billing by time and materials to fixed price projects. And so we needed to redo our reporting to understand how we were doing in these projects. And we did a project internally. We're good at this. But we got pretty hung up on getting the report perfect before we finalized it. And then uh, in the end, we did what we recommend clients do, which is go ahead and get a draft out and start iter iterating. But it can even bite you if you're used to it and good at it. And I think maybe it bit us a little bit because we are expert. So we felt like, okay, we can make it perfect before we build it. Yeah, right. I mean, it's a perfectly reasonable thing to do, right? It's the thing we got to get our logic. We have to know what we're going to report on first, and we got to figure this out so it's perfect, and then we can build a report. Um, but there's two sides to every coin, right? There's the logic, and then there's how it actually fits to your data, right. and then actually, you know, just seeing it. So there's those two things that you have to balance, and it's best to do those things kind of at the same time, right? Define the logic and also look at what it's doing on top of your data at the same time so that you can make a better decision on how you need to tweak the logic, if at all. And then, you know, kind of in real time, you're seeing how it translates to, to your data. So it's important to do that, those things together. Yeah. I think it really is where you can get stuck. And we've seen it with clients, even recent clients, you know, especially clients that have a lot of different business units. And they don't, don't maybe understand their data very well. And mm -hmm. so they're sort of having discussions internally, maybe even arguments about how they should be calculating things. And in fact, if you could just build something and put it on the screen in front of them, they can very quickly zero in on how it should be. Yeah, where it might not be right or where it needs right. to be changed or um, things that are looking right. You know, all those things just become a lot the, uh, easier to find and identify. And it gets people on the same page a lot quicker. Yeah. I think the same thing happens just around data quality. So, you know, you've got, you've got the issue of, all right, how are we going to calculate something simple like 
utilization of a resource, something like that. Sounds simple, but uh, you bring you know five different experts into the room. They might all five have different ways of calculating. So that's kind of what we're talking about here. But you can also get it just around data quality. So if you know your data is not perfectly clean, let's say you don't have good master data management. So for example, um, in your data, you have several entries for the same client. Um, you know, let's say McDonald's restaurants are your, is your client and you have an entry for McDonald's restaurants, McDonald's, McD's. I think we've used this example before. They're all the same thing. And so you might feel like, okay, we've got to go fix all that master data management, get that all into just McDonald's, um, before we start doing reporting. When in fact, the opposite is really true. Do the report or do a report that's specifically made for trying to help with fixing that data up and you get there much quicker. Right. Yeah. You definitely get there quicker. And at the same time, as you're putting out these reports that may be not perfect, according to your definition, you know, you might have three different versions of McDonald's, but what that will do is it'll surface that information to the rest of the company. And the more that your company understands the intricacies and the ins and outs of, of your data, the better off you're going to be because then they'll be able to make their own processes better. Um, they're going to understand what they're looking at when they're consuming a report. It's just better for everybody. The more uh, knowledgeable the, your employees are around your own data. I think that's right. And, right. and if you, if you take the approach of, hey, let's fix the data in the transactional system, let's say in the CRM or whatever, before we do any reporting, because we want to make sure it's exactly right before we get it out, um, you you lose huge opportunity in, in time and actually in knowledge of people that can look at it. If you can take the data out of the transactional system and put it into a data lake house so that you can do discovery and analysis and so on more easily, you get to a better place much quicker. You yeah. may go fix the data back in the the CRM in this example, the transactional system, but actually figuring out what you need to do, you can do more easily a lot of times when you have that data outside of the system. If I was that person that had to be, had to, you know, clean up the transactional system, first of all, that's kind of a boring, tedious, not fun <laughs> job. So I'd want to know why the hell am I doing this, right? Yeah. And if you've got like a draft of a report that's showing customer lifetime value, for example, and you've got three different McDonald's and you know that they should be one, it's pretty satisfying to go fix the data in the source and then see that report correct itself. It's, it's actually awesome. Yeah. At least I like it anyway, but I'm kind of nerdy. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I, I must be too, because I find that very satisfying yeah. to scratch that itch. When we were talking before we started recording, you had the example of we had a client who um, wanted every number on every report to be absolutely perfect to the penny before mm -hmm. exposing anything to the business. And... Um, well, you can, t you can tell us about that. You had an opinion on that. Yeah. Well, I think, I think in some cases that is appropriate, depending on what type of reporting you're doing. But, um, in this case, it was more operational type sales reporting. And, um, there's no, you know, get the data out. Like it's, uh, it, it just delayed the process. I don't know how long, by a couple months probably before people are actually seeing results. Um, what that does is one, it's like, Everybody else is like, what's going on over there? Like, it doesn't seem like you guys are doing anything. Um, and two, it just, it keeps that information from people. Even if it's 90%, 80% directionally accurate numbers, 
you can then start making some decisions. You can see how your decisions are impacting the numbers, um, even if it's just directionally accurate. Like I think it's yeah. much more valuable to get data out. Um, you know, you got to make you got to be pretty confident. You know, you don't you can also harm the business if you put out just completely incorrect stuff. Right, of course. But you know, if it's directionally accurate, that still really important for a lot of use cases. So, so in other words, consider the use case. If there's a use case where knowing something within 5% actually advances your ability to make good decisions and, and, and maybe even improve that data so you get it down to, you know, perfectly matching, um, do that. If your use case is like, Hey, this has to be down actually to the hundredths of a percent correct, or that could cause big problems. Okay. Obviously that's a different case. Yeah. You have to, you have to be a lot more careful that way. Right. Well, in this company's case, they, they were taking, you know, it was a month before they got any sort of reporting, you know, that I think they had a monthly reporting cadence and you know, that those four weeks, it's like you're, you're kind of working off of the best information you have available at the time. Like, yeah, maybe you could go run an ad hoc report, but right. that's probably got as directionally accurate too, because I'd your think, analyst didn't put it together and yeah. run all their processes on it. So when you really think about it, it, it just makes a ton more sense to, to just get it out there. I mean, in that case that we were talking about, a specific case, I'm sure the reporting they had either didn't exist or wasn't correct. Right. And so it didn't need to wait to be to the penny. Yeah, exactly. So, but there is a, there is a valid concern about getting it to the penny, which is my users, uh, if they find a mistake, if it's off by a penny, they might decide that they don't trust mm -hmm. the report and they don't get good adoption. H how do you think you can deal that's, with that? That's a really good point. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you, you, that is a risk that you run, right? I think it's mostly in communication and messaging to people. Um, there, there's always going to be here. I guess here's where it gets interesting, right? Is that let's say you're sending out a report every month. Um, as soon as you send that report out, it's already old and obsolete and invalid. Like you, an hour later, if you go try and match that report to the source system, things have probably changed right. and it's not going to work anymore. That doesn't stop people from taking, let's say you put out a Power BI report, for example, that shows the same data as this monthly Excel report you put out doesn't stop people from looking at the Power BI report, then looking at the Excel report and be like, this is wrong. I think that that, that kind of um, scenario is where kind of going back to our uh, initial or a little bit earlier, we were talking about just getting people to understand the data. Like, yeah. That's an education process. Like you're never going to have it. Uh, never is a too, too strong of a word, but it's not very often that you're going to say Power BI report matches exactly in total aggregate numbers to my source because the source is live in your Power BI report probably refreshes on a on a schedule, right? You could make a live Power it's BI really report good, too. Really good point. But, right. You know, it's always going to have some subtle differences. So once people start understanding data and just kind of the nature of it and getting to the point where they do understand that having like this rolled up view and directionally accurate um, numbers uh, is better than than nothing or a, a report that's a week old, right? Yeah. So, <clears throat> you know, so, it, it is it's tough. It's a good point. I mean, I think we've done things in the past that uh, people could do too, which is produce the report and you can put a banner on it that says this is a draft report. It's correct within five percent. Mm -hmm. Use it for directional 
things, don't expect it to the penny. You know, we're working on it. You can put a whole note on there right. so that people know what the expectation is. Um, I do think when you produce a perfectly formatted official report, um, there is an expectation that it's exactly right. And there will be, you know, you'll run into users who are sort of looking for a problem. And mm-hmm. It's not inappropriate, actually. It helps you, it does helps help. you get the, yeah. <laughs> the report right. right. But giving them a heads up about, hey, we, we don't expect this to be perfect. Mm-hmm. And then you can change that banner when, when it's fully validated and everything's matching perfectly. You can change it to, I, I don't know how you designate that, but some yeah. kind of designation. There. Yeah. And to your point, like you want people to be looking for problems in it because it helps you. Um, suss those out and fix them faster. And even once you get a perfect report, things in your business are going to change. And, you know, what one field was used for at one point in time may change. Your process just changes and you want things to change in your business, right? That means you're growing. It means you're making progress on things. So, um, that's going to throw your reports off and they're going to yeah. be wrong again. And I think that that's where it all comes back to education of people that are looking at the reports. Like you got to know that this is not. That this is kind of a, it's an evolving thing, right? Right. It's a living, yeah. living entity, actually. Right. And that's something we've found in our business where, um, in the old days, we would do sort of these monolithic projects to produce a report. And what we've learned is that you're just going to need to iterate reports ongoing, mm-hmm. either internally. Hopefully the company has resources that can do that or, or sign up with us to have us monthly help, help do that. We, we learned that internally here. Um, years ago, we thought we could have perfect reports and they would stand forever. We learned really quickly that, you know, as the business is changing, we're changing those reports constantly. Right. And so get that expectation in there. Yeah. I think yeah. it's important. Yeah, it and makes it, your life a lot easier. And it may be hard to have that expectation because when you're using your transactional systems, they come with a reporting suite usually. And those don't change at all. They're usually, you can't customize them much. Mm-hmm. Maybe you can change visualizations or where things are on the page, um, which actually, actually that can get you a long way sometimes. But there may be an expectation that the report's the report. That's just how it is. And, uh, you know, I encourage uh, people as they're thinking about it, to not think of it that way, realize it's going to evolve. It should be. You should be improving it. Right. Exactly. That's what you want. All right. All right. BI paralysis. Don't <laughs> fall. Don't yeah. fall victim. Yeah. Yeah. Overcoming. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Ken. Right. Thanks.